It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It is Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here. Chris Andrews is here. How's everyone doing today? It's a little <laughs> bit different with the headphones on, isn't it? It is a little different. I'm not sure they're. I guess they're working. Yeah, oh no, okay. they're they're definitely yeah, working. Okay. They may be working too well. That 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 may be the. No, thing. no. Well, I'm halfway deaf, so too much Led Zeppelin <laughs> in my uh, younger years. Oh man, Alex, how are you doing today? Doing good. Excited about the night. We've got a lot of college basketball. I don't know if I'd say a good NFL game, but a good. Good game to bet and uh, some good hockey games. I know Chris is very excited for the 100-plus games in college basketball today. I know you're very excited for that. <laughs> I have a crew. That's what they get paid for. They're watching the college basketball. <laughs> I'm watching the college football. We had a lot of college football moves today, a mm-hmm. few pro moves. And uh, tonight's game, it's a toggler, Jeff, back uh, three, three and a half. And I got sharp money, a couple 20-dime bets on both sides. So, you know, as long as it doesn't come three, we'll be fine. I would like it to not come three either. Okay. A little bit on the money line on the Jets for me. Three okay. and a half as well. So Jets by three is okay for, for, all, I, for all parties involved. I can involved. live with that. that that's fun. okay. And just no uh, Chargers by three uh, on those toggles there. Chris, uh, before we uh, bring uh, uh, Matthew Verjanic in, of course, former head coach of Robert Morris, you're wearing the polo here in today. In honor of Matt. Yeah. I brought out the polo. Uh, Matt also coached at Marist College as well, yeah. uh, and, and, and a few stops as well at the uh, at the D3 he, ranks, and the uh, at, and, uh, as well, 17 years at Polk State as well. Yeah, he, he's one of those lifetime hoop guys, you know, we see a lot of those out there, and uh, I think Matt spent a lot of time in gyms and locker rooms and trying to instruct kids. And uh, I know he also uh, coached at my old high school. Oh, that, and that's actually the most important job of all, right, Chris? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so my old college and my old high school. I mean, yeah. you know, what the heck? Okay. And I met Matt many years ago. I, you know, we were trying to figure it out. I think I met him in an AAU tournament here in Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, he has a great history in around Pittsburgh as a as a basketball guy. We'll get to Matt in a few moments, but Chris, before we get into the college basketball swing here, pretty fun weekend across the board from a watching standpoint. College football Saturday, I would argue, yeah. was the most entertaining Saturday we've had all year. The NFL, yeah, there were, there were a bunch of games that were completely non-competitive, but the close games were very entertaining yesterday. How was it a, a behind the counter for both of the days. Not great. Not great. <laughs> Not great. No. But um well like I always say don't never never cry for the bookmaker. We'll we'll be okay. You know, we'll we'll be fine. But it wasn't it wasn't a great weekend. Uh we were on the wrong side of a bunch of games, but there were some great games and I put out a poll like I like to do occasionally. Best story of the weekend. It was either Antonio Pierce coaching the Raiders and making them look like a legitimate football team. Uh C.J. Stroud with one of the great rookie performances of all time. And then, of course, Josh, Josh Dobbs, which uh, right now is winning the poll because that was one hell of a story. It really was. All three really great stories, though. When yeah. I saw that on your Twitter, I was like, or on X, I was like, I love all three of those. It was tough for me to pick, but I went with Josh Dobbs for yeah, sure. Yeah, most people going with Josh Dobbs, but I thought they were all three great. Did you see the the clip on Twitter or X or whatever Elon wants us to call it at this point? Of Josh Dobbs taking snaps yeah. from the Viking Center, and basically just to do it so they understood his cadence. Right, I, it's one of the more amazing things you're ever going to see. Well, look, we saw Baker Mayfield do it to the Raiders last year on two days. Dobbs has been there the same amount of time. Uh, Jaron Hall, of course, left that game early after taking a monster hit and suffering a concussion, but. That's Josh Dobbs' team now, and amazingly enough, the Minnesota Vikings, forget being alive in the NFC playoff picture, they are smack dab right in the middle of the darn thing in the NFC to get one of those wild cards. Well, you look at the NFC, I mean, there's four teams that I think we could all say are pretty legit. Um, You know, Detroit, Dallas, Philly, and 49ers. But there's seven spots going to go to the playoffs. I mean, who's those other three? You know, I I don't know. But I know this, uh, every, every year somebody comes out of nowhere and finds themselves in the playoffs. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be Minnesota or not. I guess it might be. I would agree with you on the, on the four that you said. We were required to put a team in from the NFC South. Right. Even though uh, none of those teams looked the part, even though New Orleans is over 500. Yeah. You'd imagine Seattle's good enough to probably hold on to a six. And then after that, it is uh, it can be it can be wide open for that seventh seed. In the you know, NFC. and I remember the one year uh, – 
I want to say 10 years ago or so, maybe a little more, when Seattle got in with a losing record, they won their division. And I know all week, uh, or all couple weeks, we were saying, I can't wait to bet against Seattle round one. I can't wait. We go in, New Orleans was a 10-point favorite at Seattle. And I remember coming up to game time, I switched. I went with Seattle. And, you know, usually you switch, you go wrong. I said, I just have a feeling here. And Seattle, of course, beat them. That was uh, the Marshawn Lynch game with uh, sounded like an earthquake in Seattle. The beast quake. And we might see something like that again this year. You never know. Uh, it's more than possible. Again, it really does. Other than last year's Tampa team, which was obviously broken and we just didn't want to acknowledge it. Those teams that usually finish under 500 and sneak in win that first playoff game. We saw with Carolina as well a few years later. Granted, they faced Ryan Lindley in that playoff game. So... <laughs> Not not that impressive, but hey, a playoff win is a playoff win. All right, let's bring him in. The former coach of Robert Morris and Marist College, Matt Virjanic, with us right now. Matt, thanks for hopping on with us today. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's exciting to be on here. I used to stay at the South Point every year when I came out to the Vegas tournaments. Matt, Can Matt, you hear me now? Yeah, no, no, Matt, we, Matt, we, we got you. Um, it's, uh, okay. it, it, it's, it's, it's good to have you. It's good to have you on and. Uh, yeah, uh, we're happy. I got you now. We're, we're, ha we're happy to have you on here at Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio again, Matt. For for uh, for Chris Andrews today, let's let's get a shot of Chris on there. Yeah, uh, Chris Andrews. Uh, hey, Matt, I'm wearing my uh, Colonial shirt in honor of you. Uh, I would have worn mine. I would have worn mine <laughs> if I knew you were wearing yours. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have got a Woody High shirt too, Matt, but I, I didn't have okay. one of those. So uh, I'd honor you with my Robert Moore shirt. <laughs> well, to give you a little bit of background on that, there were 11 different communities that merged to form one high school, and Chris and I were from um, two of the communities. So it was, a, it was a very large district at one time in the 80s in Pennsylvania through the 90s, and uh, football power. And, of course, Jason Taylor was a graduate of Woodland Hills High School. He played for me basketball. So we have a lot of sports in our background between Billy Knight of Braddock, and we can name just a ton of players between Chris and I who all came from the area. Matt, uh, just uh, before we uh, – I'll kick it over to Chris in a second here. Just as we enter this college basketball season today, uh, in this day and age, it kind of just sneaks up on us. But, uh, of know, course, be, being a former former head coach at a few stops along the way, uh, just how excited are you going into the, uh, yet another college basketball season that, Matt, it looks like it is a wide-open race this year to getting us to the Final Four uh, all the way in April? Well, no one knows who the best teams are because so many players with the NIL haven't played with each other. So you don't know what the chemistry is going to be. You don't know what the um, culture of a team is going to be. And so many coaches go in with, um, you know, great expectations. But then all of a sudden, boom, something can go off and, you know, they get out of whack. And next thing you know, a team you might think is going to be, well, North Carolina went through it last year, I believe. You know, you thought they were going to be in the Final Four, and then they struggled. So you just never know with the with the NIL uh, now that, you know, how teams are going to be. It's hard to predict. You know, Matt, I want to go back and, uh, you know, got a, a lot of kids here that I'm not sure were even born yet. <laughs> but we're going to talk about two of your NCAA teams. I want to talk about the second one first. You won a first-round game as a 12 seed, yeah. and then you play. And who was that against, Matt? I, I can't remember back that far. Played no, Purdue. no, no. Your, that was the other game after you won the first one. Oh, Georgia Southern. Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. Okay. We played in Dayton, Ohio. Then, yeah. uh, you know, and these guys aren't going to remember, but that great Russell Cross uh, Purdue team, oh, yeah. you guys were a 12 seed. Took, and I mean, I remember sitting there and watching. And I said, Can we win this game? Can we do this? We took them all the way to the wire. And yeah, of course, yeah. you lose by two. But uh, I mean, you have. A, but I want you're going to tell a story about the team the year before. But you know, what are your remembrances okay. of that team in '83? It was, you know, we. It was the same team back, except for one or two recruits. We didn't lose one player off that '82 team, so everyone was excited. And we'll get into that story. But we won our conference tournament again, and we won the conference also regular season outright. So we went in and we played Georgia Southern and in. Um, Dayton and back then there were only 48 teams in the NCA so we were 
four teams playing to get, to get into the 48-team bracket. And when we beat them, we got an early flight. It was a Tuesday night, early flight the next morning to Tampa. Um, got a chance to relax a little bit. We really didn't practice that day because with the game the night before and traveling, you know, with the stop over in Atlanta. And then we had a shoot around the next day. And then we, you know, our, our guys played great against Purdue. We we didn't want to run with them. I learned that from from Coach Knight the year before, and we just wanted to keep it a half-court game, and we had them. We, we tied the game with a little under a minute left, and we said, well, if we can just still stick with our zone so we wouldn't let Russell Cross get the ball, we'll take a chance when they t hopefully they take a desperation three-pointer. And next thing you know, with about four seconds left, Steve Reed hit about a 28-footer. Oh. Um, you know, and it, and we just wow, our just hearts just sank. So we had a final shot. But it was about a half court shot, but you know, I mean, if he missed that, could have gone into overtime. Who knows what would have happened? So we're we're very proud of the guys. They were a great group. Um, two years in a row, they were. I mean, you know, they we didn't have one letdown by, by those guys. They just kept battling. Well, that was a, I, I remember and that most, game well, and I just blew my heart out. Yeah. From, so. But tell yeah. us about the year before, Matt, because, I mean, that you have a good, you know, Coach Knight passed away just a couple of days ago, and I know you had a little bit of an experience with Coach Knight. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, we made the, the our first NCAA tournament. It was the sixth year of the program. We were the only school to jump from NJCAA Junior College to Division One, and Robert Moores did that in 1977 season. So, you know, we battled. I was the second coach of the program. It was my third year, and we won the, our championship game at Long Island, our conference championship game. So we were seeded then. It was a 48-team field, and we were seeded to play Indiana and Nashville. So we were very excited. The headlines were Bobby Knight versus Bobby Who. <laughs> so it, it, you know, we went through it. We, we went through about ten days of just being in the USA Today, and you know, I remember being on TV, some shows, a couple, you know, shows in the morning, and it was just so exciting for all of us. We were just in a whirlwind for the whole week. So we go into the game, we get our butts kicked. I mean, we 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 got him kicked pretty bad. It was about a thirty point game, like ninety to sixty something, and. After the game, Coach Knight walked off the court with me, and he said, "He said, Coach, can I just talk to you for a few minutes? I said, sure. He said, first of all, back then there were a lot of questions. Why should the lower Division One teams be in the tournament? He said, don't ever let anyone tell you you didn't belong. You belonged in this tournament. You won your conference tournament, and that's the way the rules are, so always be proud. Second, prepare better if you get to the tournament next year. Prepare. You came into this game unprepared, and I can tell you that. And I learned a huge lesson there. And then he said, can I come in and talk to your players after the game? And I said, sure, Coach Knight. You know, I, we thought it'd be honored. So he came in um, in the locker room after he did his interview, and I did mine. And he, he came in, he talked to the players. He told them how proud he was to see a young team, mostly sophomores, do so well through the season. But he also told them, along with me, that – for us to set a goal to win next year our conference tournament, get in the NCAA again. And when we get in, the lesson we should remember is not just to be happy we're in the tournament, but to win. Prepare for the team like you're preparing for any team in your conference. So we took that to heart, and that was kind of a rallying cry the whole offseason, even next year. Guys would be in the locker room and would win a big game, and they would go, night, night 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 and they just they just had that feeling about them they were they were special because coach and i came in to talk to them and then you know after the game also he said listen if i can do anything for you let me know so i saw him at the convention the coaches convention that year in new orleans and i went up to him and i said coach how you doing he said coach how are you doing everyone called each other coach back then so <laughs> so um so, you know, he said, listen, um, I said, you know what? I have something that, that if you could think about, and I don't know how to approach you with this. He says, well, what is it? I said, what I'd like to do is I see you have medalist one-man basketball clinics. And where, you know, back then it was a coach coming, Coach, coach Smith, Knight, Coach Smith, a few others would do a two-day clinic by themselves at about two sites in the spring and the fall. And back then, we, of course, we had the Nike clinics coming to Pittsburgh every year, the Nike basketball clinics. So I said, would you 
consider coming to Pittsburgh in our school. And that would be a big jump for us to have you come and do a one-man clinic. He said, yeah, I'd love to. So he gave me the name. He introduced me, actually, to the person that in charge of medalists that was at the um, – the coaches convention and we hooked up a conversation and next thing you know you know that summer we got a date for the following spring they they put it out and you, you remember john j jim our gym only sat about 500. Mm-hmm. it was about it was you know i mean when five-star camp was held at our school every summer they put 450 campers in the stands and there wouldn't be many seats left <laughs> so we were able we you know medalists along with Robert Morris, we got about 500 coaches to come to the school, not only all local, but throughout the tri-state area, some farther than that. And my job was to be around him for two days nonstop, which was, uh, you know, I have a couple stories about that. I mean, one thing for lunch, all he wanted was a banana milkshake on Saturday between the sessions. He's a cheap date, I guess, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, banana milkshake in the afternoon session. But it was a huge boost for our program. And, and of course, you know, a few times after that, I'd see him and we'd talk. But we were so gracious that he set that up personally through medalists that it just took Robert Morris another step, you know, because we, you know, we were, you know, we were a new program. And back then it wasn't all the social media and publicity like it is today. So getting him to come in like that and how gracious he was afterwards in the locker room with our players, he just, he educated them. He, he, he was teaching. He's, he's always, he's always teaching everything he ever did. He was always teaching. And that's what I loved about him is he was one of the greatest educators I've ever known, but that just gave us such a boost. And we were thankful to him for that. It was a rallying cry the following year. And afterwards, you know, I did write him a letter and he wrote me a nice letter back when I said, well, coach, we, we did prepare this year. And he said, well, you should, I was hoping you knocked off Purdue. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Right. <laughs> How about that for a coincidence? But he, but he did get that in there. Yeah. He did get that in there. So. Well, Matt, I, it, that's and a great story. Also, also, yeah, I'm sorry. Trivia, Chris. I saw, um, you know, one of the Indiana players from 1981 this past year at Final Four, and I asked him, I says, after you won the championship in 1981, who was was Indiana's first NCAA tournament game? And he's thinking, I said, it's against Robert Morris. So that's a little trivia question in there, too, (laughs) on the following year, opening opening game. Very good. You know, and uh, Coach, I'm going to just ask, did you replace Gus Kropp? No, there was uh, Gus Crop was a legend in, in Pittsburgh. A legend in Pittsburgh for the because we have a lot yeah. of Pittsburgh listeners, but uh, they uh, might not remember yeah. Gus like uh, like you and I do. Yeah, well, Gus was a Gus was. I mean, I have a great story about Gus if we have time, but um, we got Gus a few minutes, so we got to wrap it up. But go ahead, okay. Coach. Yeah, I'll, I'll quick. Okay, Gus was a legend, and the year before we were seven and nineteen my first year, and then nine and eighteen my second year. Well, going to the end of the season, everyone there was rumors I was going to get fired. We beat Penn State. We upset Penn State at Penn State. The next morning, I come into work. There's a fire extinguisher in my chair, and Gus said, "You're now fireproof." And that was my second year. And the third year, we made the NCA. So, but Tom Warwick was the coach for three years uh-huh. from 1976 through through 70, 76 through the end of the 79 season then i replaced him now i remember that name that you mentioned but like i said we got a lot of pittsburgh people and gus crop these guys don't know they weren't even born until like uh till this millennium yeah. uh matt so we're educating these guys and, but we have a great and basketball more, tradition in pittsburgh thing, chris yeah i gotta add one more thing okay we were a nobody school and all of a sudden sunny vicario you know how sunny is sunny oh yeah can we get shoes we get shoes off you so in the summer of 81 near the summer of 81 i was ready to you know get shoes from another company of course sunny calls from the airport matt you're calling me i said yes sunny i went okay i get shoes can we get nike contract he put us on a nike contract at robert morris one of the smallest schools along with a few hbcu schools so here we are we're, we're a nike school and of course we just shot that out to all every recruit we had nike all over our gym when five star came into town so i have to say kudos to sunny vaquero also well that, that's great we know sunny well and of course we work with jimmy here and uh, another yeah, great yeah. pittsburgh connection i matt i can't yeah. thank you enough for being on and that's great about coach Knight because really he was one of those guys that a lot yeah. of people loved them, a lot of people didn't. Yeah. But you seem to have had a, a great relationship with him and really uh, gleaned a lot from that relationship. And I, that's fantastic that he's remembered in that way by you. So. 
Thank you, Chris, very much. Okay. All right, Gus. I was ready to call you Gus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gus is long gone now. But, Matt, <laughs> thanks a lot, Matt. And as the season goes on, maybe we'd like to have you on again, you know, for sure. They're giving me the thumbs up. Yeah, we'd love to hear you a little later on in the college basketball season to get your thoughts. And uh, we'll stay in touch, my friend. It's great seeing you again. Great, great, great seeing you, and I love it, and I can't wait for the game to start tonight. Okay. I'm going right to my TV. <laughs> All right, Matt. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. All right. Great uh, great, uh, great stuff there. I love that Coach Knight story. And and yeah. you, you honestly, on your Twitter, Chris, put it perfectly. Coach Knight was a complicated person. Yeah. He was a complicated person. Right. And, yeah, there was some bad. There was some really Really good, yeah. Though from Coach Knight throughout throughout his life and and stories like that, it just again, people people are complicated. They are people are complicated. You know, I, I, I'm going to go off track here a little bit. Probably you know, like my wife will tell you, like what's the celebrity death that really has touched your heart? You know, my, John Lennon, and I and you know my wife, she doesn't like John Lennon for the way <laughs> he treated his wife, his kids, and I said, you know, I can't argue with any of that, but. People are complex, you know, that, that nobody's all good. There's a few people that are all bad, but there's nobody that's all good. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I think I said it, you know, coach Knight is one of those, you know, there's plenty of people that have a legitimate beef with coach Knight, but there's people like Matt and many, many others who love them too. So it's just, it, you just have to judge for yourself. Absolutely. Chris. Hey, I'll let you go back to I'm going to let you guys go to work too. Yeah. So I got a football game and about 3,000 college games I'm looking at. I, I think you undercut it on the 3,000. I think it's actually 7,000. Well, if you yeah. add in money lines and half times yeah. and totals, maybe, you're maybe, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, pleasure as always. Big okay. thanks as well See you guys. Uh, to Coach uh, Matt Virjanic as well for hopping on with us. Uh, and we will have him back through the season. Alex and I preview Monday Night Football, though, next. Chargers and Jets, a surprisingly big game in the AFC playoff picture. We break it down next, Sports by the Book. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines, and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu, plus a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. That's us. That's also us. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. <laughs> Happy to be with you. Big shouts to Chris Andrews, Matt Verjanic as well. Coach Matt Verjanic for joining us at the top of the show. All I'm going to say is for college hoops-wise, because there's a lot of games today. You and I are going to keep track of my leans all year in college basketball. And we're going to see how they do. There's a list of about 10 today that were leans. You have them all down. I, I have them all on my phone. We're going to see how they do. Right now in this slate that's upcoming, I did bet over in UConn and Northern Arizona. The Lumberjacks, 
right? That's a Lumberjacks in Northern Arizona uh, against UConn. And then um, I might take a piece of Samford who just went to 20 and a half in one book. So For as long as I've known you, I'm feeling pretty confident about your lean. That's not oh, – oh, the leans, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, the ones I don't bet are definitely going to win. There's not even a debate on that. Uh, it's just a matter of can the ones I actually do bet actually get home uh, here tonight in college hoops. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're doing this as we go here. We get the app, we get the app going and all that fun stuff as well. All right. Forget college hoops for a minute, Alex. Let's go to the, uh, let's go to the NFL. With the results that happened yesterday, this is a fairly important game in the AFC tonight where the three and four Los Angeles chargers travel cross country to take on the four and three New York jets tonight at MetLife stadium. Behind us is the only three and a half remaining in the market. Chargers three and a half behind us. Everyone else has three minus 20. So a juice three on the Chargers or even money on the Jets at plus three. Totals at 41. A lot of contrast here in this game. You have the league league's worst passing defense in the Chargers going against a team that can't really pass because Zach Wilson has been very pedestrian, to put it politely. You also have... On the other side, the Chargers, when they're right, an elite offense going against one of the three best defenses in the National Football League that has made guys like Allen, Hurts, Mahomes look pretty pedestrian in games earlier this year. I took three and a half. I also took the Jets on the money line as well. I think this is one of those games where the Jet defense is going to be the best unit on the field in this game. And when push comes to shove, even though I have my questions about the Jets coaching staff, it's still better than what the Chargers are throwing out there coaching staff-wise. I think the Jets win this game, move to 5-3, and three, and miraculously enough, go ahead of the Buffalo Bills for more than just 24 hours. Yeah, Buffalo Bills, are they're looking like uh, it's panic time for them. Um, I'm with you. You made some really great points. I grabbed the 3.5, about a half a unit, plus 3.5 for the Jets. But let's, let's start right there. You said it, best unit on the field. I... Completely agree with you. It's the Jets' defense, and they say defense wins games here. To go back to your point, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes combined to throw for just 439 yards with three touchdowns and five interceptions on those primetime games against the Jets. So I do think they can get it done. It's a little surprising. The Chargers are favorites in this game, despite being three and four and two, four and one ATS. So I thought there was definitely value. With the three and a half, and Chris said it. I mean, it's it's been going back and forth. People are laying the three, taking the three and a half, right? I don't always love going the look ahead angle with these lines because it can get you into trouble. Got some into trouble last night. Sorry, Alex, with that one with the with the with the Bills and the Bengals, where the look ahead was 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 Buffalo favored, flipped to Cincinnati being favored, and the move was correct. Look ahead on this was Chargers and Jets were either a pick or Chargers won. And now we've zoomed because the Chargers beat up a bad Bears team right. last week and the Jets were lucky to get out of there with a win against a horrible Giants team that I think we overreacted a little too much. Again, I I don't always buy that theory. I, I, I just sometimes matchups make that more necessary than that. And that's why I liked Cincinnati last night. I thought Buffalo yep. matches up terribly with them. And even though Cincinnati did nothing in the second half, what they did in the first half was more than enough. I don't understand why this has moved that much. Now, am I saying the Chargers can't cover this game? Of course I'm not saying that. It's a National Football League game. We know nothing in the grand scheme of things. So anything is in play here. But I do think when this, when we're looking back at this on Thursday, that the Jets are going to win a low-scoring game. I also like this game under 41 as well. Yes. I don't think any game with the Jets should be totaled in the 40s right now with the way that everything has gone for them. So under underdog, that's where I'm sitting tonight. And you make a good point. So the three teams that the Chargers have beaten is the Bears with Tyson Bajan. Not good. The Raiders when they were going. That was O'Connell's first career start also. Yes, Not it good. was. And they barely covered in that game. And then the Vikings before they got hot when they were struggling early on in the year. So as much as the Jets have struggled offensively, I mean, they're pretty bottom five in most categories, only, only averaging 18 points a game. But this Chargers defense is below average as well, giving up 24 points per game. And they're not good against the pass, as you mentioned, allowing 7.8 yards per pass attempt. So another angle I kind of like here is, is Brees Hall. I think 
you might see him get a lot of catches, and he is averaging 5.7 yards per carry. And the Chargers, they are giving up the second most receiving yards to opposing running backs, 54.9 per game. So I think he has a big game in this one. I feel pretty good with the points. I, I don't mind your money line, but, you know, I after yesterday with my sides, I feel good, half a unit on this, plus three and a half. Yeah, it's... You would expect at some point that Hall's going to have a bust-out performance all the way through for a whole 60. He had the 50-yard touchdown last week, which was legitimately a dump-off pass that he that he broke for a touchdown. Had yep. the big run against Denver for a touchdown as well. Uh, if the Jets are going to win tonight, I expect a big game from Hall. Uh, and again, we're dealing with Zach Wilson here. Anything's in play. We have not seen Zach Wilson with the multiple turnover games since week two, though. So that is always a concern. When is that blow up coming? By the way, like I said, in the AFC, if we can go to the standings real quick across the board here, I mean, look, in the AFC side of things, this is a jumbled mess right now in the AFC. You have, of course, you have the division leaders right now, all of them, except for Miami with two losses. Kansas City with the win in Germany pushed to 7-2. and two. Baltimore dominant at home again yesterday. A blowout victory and a no-sweat one at, at that against Seattle to move the 7-2. and two. Jacksonville, they sat back, had their pina coladas this week. They're 6-2. and two. They're in great shape. Looking at the AFC East, this is where this division it, it gets itself a little bit crazy here where Miami, 6-0 and against under 500 teams, 0-3 against over 500 teams. The Jets are still sitting there with Aaron Rodgers playing four snaps at 4-3. and three. We've already talked about Buffalo. The Bills' schedule, if they... If they don't win the next two games where they host Denver and the Jets, they're done. It's over. They're missing the playoffs if they don't win those next two games. And even if they win those next two games, it's st still not a gimme right. that they get into the postseason. Uh, and then, of course, as you saw, the AFC North is all over 500. They're all two games over 500. The Bengals got the 5-3 and three last night. The Browns, poor Clayton Toon. Just no chance whatsoever in that game no, yesterday no. against the Browns. Kyler Murray, if he doesn't have a setback this week, is going to start, according to what Jonathan Gannon said earlier today. They get Atlanta, who had their ridiculous loss to uh, Minnesota. And then the Steelers, who just still win games, despite getting dominated on the box score and having a negative 30-point differential through eight games. So this is lining up to be an ultra-competitive run to the finish here. For all of those, honestly, all those wild card slots, five through seven, all up for grabs. Really, the only the only team at this moment that I say, you know what, they're clearly getting in is Kansas City because I don't think the teams in the division are capable behind them. I still, I would probably, I'm very close to putting Jacksonville in that scenario as well. But Houston already beat them once, and they get them again in Houston later in the year. So crazy things happen all the time in this league. You never know. C.J. Stroud with the most passing yards by a rookie quarterback ever in a 39-37 win yesterday. And Alex, again, this is a complicated playoff playoff picture, as we could say, with going to the back end of the season after tonight's game. And I don't know if everybody would agree with this, but I would say there is definitely a coaching edge with the Jets over the Chargers. I, I, think, I think there is, yes. So I think, I think we see... Um, the defense really keep them in this game. And like you mentioned, it's very important to both sides. And the Chargers, I mean, they are trying, they're balancing with the Raiders right now to keep that second spot. But I don't know. We shall see. But I am with you tonight on your team for the Jets. The, uh, it, the matchup of Staley's defense against Hackett's offense is going to be something yes. else. If there, if there are weak, weak, weakness points in the coaching staff on both staffs, it's Staley on a uh, head coach on the Chargers side, and it's Hackett on the Jets side. Uh, we'll go through there. All right. What do you think about um, Je uh, Justin Herbert throwing interception? Are we getting plus money? Yes. How how good? Even money. Probably okay. Wish we were getting a little bit better of a price than that. Uh, Herbert uh, was excellent last week. Granted, that was against yes. a really bad defense and with, with the Bears. I wish we were getting a little bit better than that, but. I wouldn't want to take I wouldn't want to take the uh the no side of that if you're right. laying a dollar twenty on that side. Agreed. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Could be both sides throwing picks tonight uh in, in the Meadowlands. All right. Going to this upcoming week in the NFL. Alex, I'm gonna let you steer the boat here. 
uh, as we uh, as we get into this week. It starts off with as bad of a game that we are going to see all year, and it's a single window game in Carolina and Chicago uh, this week. Marquee games include Cleveland and Baltimore. Baltimore is a six-point favorite right now at home. They, of course, took the first matchup between the two teams, but DTR played that game. That was the game where we thought Watson was going to play, and then an hour and a half before kick, it's like, oh, yeah, he's not playing. Great. Thanks for telling us that so close to kickoff. Those Cleveland bets were DOA. Uh, Jacksonville and San Francisco, a really good game down in Duval, where both teams coming off a bye, Niners and losers are three in a row. Only a field goal in that game against Jacksonville. That uh, a little bit surprised that came in so light, but that's a, a different one for a, for a different time. And then Detroit and the Chargers right now, one and a half. Who knows? That number can change depending on what we see out of the Chargers tonight, Alex. I think we see a really good defensive battle here with the Browns and Ravens. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of thought uh, Seattle's defense could contain them a little bit, and they definitely could not. So, the Ravens are looking really good right now. I know a lot of people have them as the best team in the league. I don't know if I'm quite there yet with them, but that should be a really good game. You are right. Um, yeah, the other two as well. Any Anything on, on that right now? San Francisco 3. I do, and, 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 I do think that is a little low. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because part of the reason, I just to go on Jacksonville for a second here, where... Before the year, Alex, I thought Jacksonville to get the number one seed in the AFC was a good long shot bet because the way their schedule broke. Now, they missed a really big opportunity in week two when they had Kansas City in their building and they lost that game 17 to 9. And then they flipped around and looked awful against Houston the following week and lost that game. But the one thing with Jacksonville's schedule this year, that the part of the reason that I like, like them, all their difficult games either in Jacksonville or in London. They beat Buffalo in London instead of having to play that game in Buffalo, which was a a huge advantage for Jacksonville that that game was in London. And other than the game at Cleveland, which is a genuine potential matchup of two playoff teams, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Baltimore all travel to Jacksonville on the back end of this season. If there is a dark horse in the AFC, and and again, I don't think Kansas City's just losing two games this year. I don't think Baltimore just losing two games this year. I think thirteen and four might be good enough this year to get the one seed in the in the AFC. Jacksonville beats Baltimore, heads up. Jacksonville beats Cincinnati, heads up. A one seed is not out of the question. Now I don't know if they're good enough to win back to back playoff games, even if they're at home. But again, this is a league where this AFC feels very much wide open with just how the top teams, other than Baltimore when they played at home, have looked very vulnerable this year. And it's really interesting, isn't it? The Jaguars and the Bengals repeated exactly what they did last year. They started really slow. Jacksonville was 1-2 and two in their first three games, and then they've just gone on a run. They've won five in a row. So I don't know if it just takes a little time, but they're definitely clicking at the right time, and I think a lot of people do have them rated pretty high, and that is the respect they're getting by just being a three-point dog to the San Francisco 49ers, who looked like the absolute best team in the league to start the season. Yeah, I know it's only Monday. I know it's only Monday for college football as well. Is there anything in this upcoming week where, on my list this week, I'll just pull mine up, see? The, the phone always the phone always has all, Alex. That's, that's all I can tell you. This week for college football, there is a game tomorrow that I actually already bet. Okay. I took Ohio. I laid it with Ohio against Buffalo. Uh, I know Buffalo didn't get there last week against Toledo. Uh, this is a, a game where Ohio, I think, inflicts their will on the defensive side of the ball. And they just really got outplayed by Miami of Ohio last week. Who had their backup quarterback, yeah. right? And they should have won that game. So this should be a get-right spot for Ohio. I do agree with you there. So I updated all my numbers. I haven't actually punched in for this week coming up mm-hmm. or what I made the lines, but I don't hate that at all with yeah. Ohio there. Let me go ahead and look down, see if I see any that stand out, though. Other ones I will say as well, I, Miami of Ohio is up to 18 on Wednesday against Akron. I thought when that opened at 16 and a half, that's good. Now that we're through 17, probably not so much anymore on that one. 
uh, but don't go rushing to the window and betting Akron in that game now that you're getting uh, a better number. But just going through the week, uh, your Rebels, by the way, at home on Friday night against Wyoming, uh, that has moved from four and a half to four and even three and a half at some shops. Rebels were laying it uh, at four and a half. I actually liked Wyoming four and a half, not three and a half now. Probably still all right. That has the feeling of a field goal game one way or another on Friday night just down the road from us at Allegiant. But you know what? If people actually like UNLV, I think this may be the best number they're going to get. And just like we saw last week, late steam late steam on the Rebels. So that could get back up to four and a half. I like the Rebels here. I, I really do. Their last game was very impressive over New Mexico. And I know it's New Mexico, but... They've just been playing so good, and, you know, Barry Odom really has instilled a whole different culture there, and they believe that they're winners, so I think they could win this game by a touchdown. I'll have to see what I actually make it and what my difference is between UNLV and Wyoming, but I've been a little bit down on Wyoming as of late, which came back to bite me a week or two ago, but we'll see. This should be a really good game Friday night. All right, let's go to the NBA tonight because. You have a play. I will tell you this. Even though it's a full NBA card, there was absolutely nothing that even approached possibility of being a bet for me tonight in the association. So uh, you're carrying the water for the show today on the NBA, Alex. All right. One that really stood out to me. So I am smart enough to know how much I can handle. And right now I have college football, NFL, and hockey. So that is that's my limit right now. But that doesn't I mean, I can't bet some NBA and college basketball, which I will dive into more and more. I actually am using Kenny White's power ratings for these, but he had a big difference on a total, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers and the New York Knicks. So I took under 22-24. Clippers, Knicks tonight. I'm so sorry. Yeah. The Los Angeles Clippers and the New York Knicks, I took under 224 and a half. So the Knicks, very good defensive team, and they their pace is a lot slower than the average NBA team. Clippers, we'll see Harden, right, with them. and Yep, Harden. Harden makes his debut tonight. And sometimes that takes a little bit for their continuity to get together. So I like this under here. I think it's a slower-paced game under 224.5. I asked you about it before the show, before we were on, and you had no interest. No, no thank you. <laughs> That's uh, down to 223.5 in most places now as well. So they're moving with you on that. Uh the only thing that was remotely close for me tonight was laying six with the Nuggets at home against New Orleans, but uh, we're not we're not bothering. We're gonna we're gonna avoid the NBA, uh, at least for me at all costs. Uh, well, I, you have I, a big you have a big football game. To well, watch. I, I, yeah, I'll so, be a little preoccupied. Yes. That is that is for sure. Uh, I do want to ask you one last question before our guy uh, Vinny Maliulo comes in. We have four NHL games tonight. Yes. Anything on those uh, Panthers hosting the Jackets? Leafs hosting the Lightning, good game there. Excellent game in Dallas, Dallas hosting Boston. And then the Canucks, who, uh, uh, we'll get to one other question I have on the Sharks, took advantage of the Sharks last week, uh, host Edmonton tonight. But anything on those four that are going today? So I love Florida, but that's just too much. It's like they're minus 225, I believe. Yeah, minus 230 now. Yeah, so that's a little too much, but I, I do like them in that spot. You're right, Tampa Bay. Toronto, great game. Um, Toronto actually won the first game, and you know how I like to track these revenge factors. Tampa Bay had the revenge. Toronto finally got over that hump and won in the first round last year of the playoffs. I don't really, I'm not, I don't have a strong feel on this one. Maple Leafs have lost four in a row. Very unlike them. They played really good teams. I mean, the Bruins, the Sabres, and even, even the Predators, but that scares me a little bit here against Tampa Bay, who is looking much better. You know, they haven't had their starting goalie all season long, and now they're starting to improve. Um, I love this Boston-Dallas game. I am excited to watch this. Definitely two of the top teams in the top five teams in the league. I can't help but put a little bit, half a unit on Boston, plus money, anytime you can get them. It's kind of like Patrick Mahomes. Once that flipped... That Germany game, it's like, if you're not taking points with Patrick Mahomes, you're kind of crazy, right? And I was slapping myself later in the day for not doing that. Boston plus money, I love it here. Um, Swayman gets the start, and I like what the Bruins are doing. They are rotating their two goalies every game. That just shows you how much trust they have in both of them. They're not putting their, they're not putting Omar 
in when it's the big games, you know? It's just how mm-hmm. the rotation is going. So I like that he is he's actually undefeated this year. Swayman is five and oh, one point three eight goals against average. Going up against a very good Dallas team and a great goaltender in that side, but should be a good game. Last game, high scoring game right here. Oilers connects. I I like a, a I would have liked over six and a half. I missed that. Now it's at seven, and I still even lean to it a little bit, but seven is a lot when it comes down to it. I just want to ask about the Sharks, who, again, by the way, Bruins and Golden Knights finally suffered her first regulation yeah. losses over the weekend. Boston loses to Detroit. The Ducks beat the Knights last night. Anaheim actually playing some good hockey. Winners of six in a row after a rough start to the year for the Ducks. But the Ducks got the Knights at a good spot. They coming off the game against the Avalanche, yeah. who they won 7-0, then had to travel to Anaheim. But, yes. How do we handle it. the Sharks? Because they gave up. 10 goals in back-to-back games. There, we are 11 games into the season. Okay, 11 games in for the Sharks. They're 0-10-1. They've only scored 12 goals and they've given up 55. How do we handle a team that badly? Like, do when do the prices start getting so out of whack that you can take a shot at it? But, again, minus 43 in 11 games is unheard of. Yes, it really is. I don't know. That... They have the worst rating that I've had since I've started doing NHL. So I don't I don't have that answer for you, Jeff. Maybe Vinny can help us when he comes in here. But Maybe he can. His, his laptop's on the desk already. Vinny Maliulo joins us to wrap the show up, keeping us up to date on everything here on Sports by the Book. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Final segment for us here at Sports by the Book. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here. And now, Vinny Maliulo in the flesh, in the studio. What's Hello. Up? Jeffrey, Alex, good to be with you. How's everything? No complaints. I was listening to uh, your, your hockey segment, and um, Alex hit on a point. You, know, you were asking about the, the Sharks. Um, look. Uh, at, at some point, when when do you uh, when do you when do you grab them? Probably when they're plus plus on the uh, on the puck line, right? So I think they've got a game coming up against the Golden Knights. Uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't I don't think I want plus plus uh, against VGK. Well, not after yesterday, right? Where the Knights, Alex, you hit a, a key point that the Knights. It was a great spot for the Ducks yesterday. The Knights, by the way, the Knights have played more games than anybody. In, in hockey right now, in, in the NHL right now. Uh, a very busy schedule, big emotional win against 
uh, one of the one of the other uh, strong teams in the Western Conference in Colorado the night before. They get they get down to Anaheim. Anaheim was off since Wednesday and had won five straight and playing really uh, some pretty good hockey. And actually, one of uh, along with the Knights, one of the better teams in the third period. Of course, uh, they they took over the third period yesterday. Took advantage of um, some Knights turnovers. Looked like the Knights kind of ran out of gas. Uh, half of their uh, you know, uh, top six defenders did not play yesterday. And again, no excuses. Look, they had a 2 nothing lead going into the third period yesterday. Uh, but credit the uh, the Ducks and Gibson, who was sensational in, in uh, net yesterday. And you're right. They are a good third period team, the yeah. Ducks. I went to the game on Saturday, watched them play against the Avalanche. I grabbed under six and a half Friday night, woke up Saturday, moved down to six. I'm like, perfect. I got the best <laughs> number. I'm just sitting in the stands cheering for the Knights to go over my total by themselves. But I couldn't even be mad. They looked fantastic. I mean, there are no look passes to Mm -hmm. each other. Shot a rate in the net. They're a very good hockey team. No, they're good. Strong. Edmonton goes to San Jose on Thursday. Edmonton to San Jose on Thursday. Edmonton goes to San Jose on Thursday. Can we forget the prices on the money line? Could we see an eight on that total? With how bad the goaltending is for Edmonton, but with, on top for of, both teams, on top of yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, might say it. saying. I, would, yeah, you might I mean, it. we could see an eight well, on we, Thursday. Yeah. Right, right, as not? ridiculous as that sounds, I mean, the it's and it's not in in the case of look, the Sharks are the Sharks, right? We know what what's what's happening there, what's not happening, right? Uh, you know, they gave up twenty goals in two games last week. Um, the thing about Edmonton is, it's it's not just the goaltending. It's the defending. That's everything right it's, now. Yeah. I mean, look, we know that their their offense is potent, but their 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 blue line is is not good. And uh now at some point you have to figure they're gonna turn things around. But there's some good look at there's some good young teams uh in, in, in the NHL. When you look in the east, you look you look at Buffalo, you look at, at Detroit. Uh, these are, are rebuilding uh, teams. Uh, you, you look at Vancouver, and again, we talked about the Ducks and how well they're playing. Uh, the the Kings, who come to T-Mobile, I think it's Wednesday night against the Knights, have retooled. They're going to have a nice balance of a, of a couple of veterans and uh, and some young players as well. So, yeah, there's there's some there's some good uh, younger teams out there, Alex. So I do have a question for you, Vinny, yeah. because I was looking at futures for NHL and uh-huh. Edmonton. They still have the fifth best odds to win the Western Conference, and that is because of that, right? If you move too high, yeah. great question, great point too. Look, you can't overreact. We're still in, you know, the the first part of the season. Now there's the whole. Listen, if whoever's in a playoff position around Thanksgiving has got a seventy-five percent chance of making the playoffs, right? Um, I, I I wouldn't discount Edmonton just yet because there's so much offensive firepower there, um, and the fact of the matter is there was play on them, you know, okay. since l- last spring with right. with the Stanley Cup, uh, playoffs and things like that. So, you know, you you, you just can't over, but. You can't overreact, but you still have to follow, and you have to say, "Well, listen, what's what? You know, what what's Toronto is a classic example, right? Every year, everybody keeps waiting for Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. By the way, they they uh, they play tonight's a pretty good game uh, between them and 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 Tampa. Probably the uh, well, actually, the Bruins and the uh, the Stars is another good game, right? So both of those, yes, yeah. So uh, you can't overreact, but I'll, I'll tell you, you'll start seeing some, you'll start seeing some swings. I think in in the uh, in the futures, Alex. Uh, the end of this month, so between Thanksgiving and the early part of uh, of December, for sure. But, but also, along, let me let me just say one thing. So when the Blues won the Cup, what was it? Uh, what six years ago, right? Uh, the the that was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, five five. Yeah, yeah twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So they were they had the worst record. They were in last place. They came to Team Mobile in January. They. They had the worst record in, in the NHL, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. And a bunch of people played them at like 300. They, they, they they were, were, there, was the, there was the one at the one at at, uh, at the Caesars book at Paris where, where it was 250 to one that ended up bringing in over 500K yeah. because of it. I was at 
I, I had to go to an event that night, and there were people in there just, and there were from uh, St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis, they were in town because yeah. I think they played the the Golden Knights. They did, week. yeah. And people were just, ah, we'll we'll play and we'll play and we'll play. And by the way, Barbashev and uh, Petrangelo were both. Uh, Petrangelo was uh, the captain uh, on, of that team on in that 2019. Team. Yep. So you know, look, uh, it now, but you still, you, when you look at history and the. Uh, the, the the Thanksgiving factor, I think that uh, comes into play. Well, they're two seven and one. The Oilers are. So I was looking on there, thinking, oh, is this a good buy time? And then they're plus eight fifty, and I'm like, I don't know if that's yeah. enough right now for that record no. and how they are looking. For the that's for the Western eight fifty for the eight fifty for the Western. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, not yeah. to win it all. Right. All right, Vinny, let's go to football tonight. Yeah. Sorry, I took over with you're, hockey. No, you're, that's okay. You're good. You're good. Well, listen, no, listen you're it's, good. it's 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 Betty. It's it's kind of a niche sport, though, right? If you and if you follow it, you're going to find your your spots. Again, yesterday was a, an excellent spot for for the Ducks. So if you if you look at uh, you know what's happening, if you follow it, you're you're going to be able to to pick your spots. So, but as far as tonight. Um, yeah, I'm sure uh, Chris uh, Chris Andrews uh, was was telling you it's it's bouncing back and forth between three and a half and three, right? Um, laying three with uh, with the uh, the Chargers on the road, taking three and a half with the Jets. Although we've been the three and a half for uh, most of the time here over uh, over the last uh, you know 36 hours, uh, total on a game 41. So open three has uh, gone to three and a half. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see where where it takes us here. Not, I'm I'm not so sure this is going to be a coaching clinic. That, uh, uh, to tell you the truth, so that's that's something that you probably want to put into your handicap. Do you have a lean? Are you? Well, I think I think you know again playing the number. If you're looking at the Jets at home, who who look if they're going to to make a statement, um, and then of course. You know, you look at their schedule, and they, they come here. They're uh, at Allegiant next week. Yes, against, uh, and, uh, and a cast of thousands the, of the Jet Raiders. fans yeah. from, uh, from the New York. Well, Carrier especially you know, week. there there was a lot of I knew there were a lot of Jet fans coming coming into the season. And let's face it, you know, uh, we see a lot of visiting fans here at Allegiant, right? Because of the packages that get put together, you know, the hotel, the airfare, and 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 the game packages that get put together. So when Rodgers got hurt, there was kind of a a lull in that uh, for this for this game coming up this week. Um, I have to tell you, I think if if the Jets win this game tonight, there's going to be a, a pretty high demand uh, by uh, by Jets fans and folks uh, making their way across the country. I know I'll be there on Sunday night. There you go, buddy. I, I may see you. Yeah, actually, I you're said not going I'm not, I'm not, not to believe this. Chris and I were talking about this yesterday, uh, and I was all set to go. And then and I remember my wife reminded me, I've got a wedding on Sunday. Oh, no. My, my cousin's, I got a cousin getting married. I'm like. In football season on a Sunday? Uh, what are you doing? Oh. Cuz, how did this happen? And her, and, her, oh. and her, so this is my cousin's daughter, so my, my second cousin. Her, and her husband's a huge Jet fan. I'm like, Danny, what the? What what are you doing? You can't right? risk. You How can't, do you let this happen? You can't schedule a wedding on a Sunday you in know, football season. So it's not uh, good. I mean, it's not good. No, it's and it's right at three o'clock. On top of it, well, yeah, I don't. You might have to. You might have to use your. phone. I might have to say, excuse me, a second. I have to go make a phone call and never come back. Yeah, well, that's what? happened to. That's happened to Vinny at a few uh, family functions over the years. Before we uh, say bon voyage for yes. tonight. By the way, of course, punchlines with Frank Nicotero tomorrow noon. Wednesday noon, Thursday noon, Friday noon. We're back on Thursday at 3. Um, college basketball today. Yes. 800,000 games, essentially. Yeah, I today. think the season uh, starts, and uh, I think we go right into March Madness. After, right into uh, it. Right, right after today. What's, this going, what's going on with this uh, Oregon game? Oregon won, Oregon won and covered. They won, they won and covered. Okay, well, they bet 11. Oregon today. They, uh, they yeah. laid the six uh, with yeah. Oregon. Great slate. Look, um, this is a time of year. Very professional betting oriented, uh, as Alex, I'm sure, has uh, has pointed out. Uh, this is the time of year where it's not as much the public is because the public is still very much involved with with college and pro football, especially today, where um, you know you've got a Monday night football game that's it's very attractive. Uh, but pros are uh, are look at we've got a we've got a book 362. There are 362 board teams. Think about that. Uh, again, you don't have to bet them all, but you can uh, find some spots. 
the lean, uh, the leans are one to know. Just so you know, Alex. Very good. We're one to know. Did you lean Oregon? Did of course you? I did. Oh, but there you go, buddy. Of course I. Okay. Of course I did. Are we I, tracking did I, the lean? Is there a lean tracker? No, I mean, I, Alex. Yes, there is. Alex is keeping track, but the leans are one to know. Oregon overnight. Right. I, like I, there like I told you, I. Five overnights. I thought it was good. Get up this morning at six and a half. I'm like, nah, I'm not, no thanks. I, I will. I'm okay, and they cover all numbers. Yes. I will say this: that the the pros, pro betters, uh, they look to take points at this time of year. But one of my, my most respected uh, pros laid Purdue nineteen and a half. Laid Purdue against Sanford. He laid three uh, three uh, favorites. Laid eighteen and a half with Providence. And laid twenty seven and a half with Duke against Dartmouth. Purdue is up twenty two to four. Eight minutes in, uh, Samford is a nice hearty one of twelve from the field. Right, it's probably not good enough against. <laughs> against my dear Purdue. friend uh, Rich Bachelary. Those were uh, his three favorite plays. Okay. Richie's got one of the better uh, college basketball opinions uh, that I know. Uh, it might be the best college basketball opinion I know. Yeah. In all honesty, He's Vinny, good. pleasure as always. Alex, good work as always. Shout out crew, Jerry, Ryan, Ann, doing great work. By the way, Vinny, we uh, decided as a group to wait till Saturday to try to beat you guys again. Listen, you can, you, you might change. There's a lot of times and a lot of games, and I'm sure you'll have several more leans between now and Saturday. I'm very confident that. Uh, uh, the, 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 the several leans uh, that end up not being played, but will end up being, what, probably plus 100 units by the right? end of the year, probably. Yes. Uh, when it's all said and done, <laughs> all right, regardless. All right, I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White, Vinny Maliulo. We'll see you again on Thursday, 3 o'clock, here on the show. Good luck to everyone who places a wager tonight on either the 100 college basketball games or the NFL game tonight.